Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey and I am joined as always by Sam Blakely. Hello Sam. Hello Hugh, good to see you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I was alright and then quite rattled this morning. Lovely. I mean, nice to know your girlfriend still gets you off. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Shaking Terrible me taste. all night long. <laughs> no, um, you're actually on about something a lot sadder, aren't you? Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah so we're recording on, on Saturday, the day this comes out, um, when the news of Chadwick Boseman's passed away after a four year battle that, that seemingly nobody knew about. Um, yeah, he was. Colon cancer. He was only 43, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I mean, the occasional photo had, uh, you know, come out in the last year of him looking very thin, but it had been passed off as a, a film role, and then, uh, and then suddenly he's gone. And, and it, you know, such a young actor, not that many credits, um, at least not you know big, big film credits, but such cultural impact, you know, if nothing else for for Black Panther, because mm. um, it made me, it encouraged me to rewatch this really very moving video of Black Panther th- fans doing what they thought was just, you know, standing in front of, uh, you know, Black Panther posters, posing, and young children. And then he comes out from behind a curtain. And it wasn't that they saw a superhero. It was that they saw um, a hero, you know, somebody who looked like them on yeah. screen. Um, and it, yeah, absolutely knocked me sideways. Mm. Yeah, I was... Uh, you know, it's, and yeah. Sorry yeah, it's, yeah, it's sad news, isn't it? Um yeah, far too young. Forty three is no age, um, and so, like you said, he's made all those all these films whilst he's been ill. They're set effectively, you know all these. Well, this is it. Black roles. Panther came out in twenty eighteen, so yeah. he obviously had already been diagnosed when he was filming that, and you know did incredible combat scenes. And yeah, what a hero! And yeah. he sees he, you know, visits terminally ill children in hospital wards, and yeah, just a, a really yeah. really. Sad loss. I mean, he'll always have this he'll always have that really. scene in Endgame where him and is it um, Shuri and uh, I can't remember the name of the Daramalaji. Oh, in guard. Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. In, in Endgame, where they come out, they're the first three out of the portal, aren't they? And he's in the middle. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I, thought, I, I thought you meant when he said uh, it'll be the most noble uh, ending of all. No, no. Um, yeah. But yeah, he'll still always have that moment where he, when he walks out and just gives Captain that Captain America that look as if it's like, yeah, we here, we got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, well, we're going to move on uh, from this sad news and talk yeah. about something. Yeah, there's no easy transition. No, nope. but uh, here we are. Uh, uh, really, uh, uh, please watch this first. Yeah, current. Yeah, we, well, so we usually our format, if you if you're new to this, is uh, one person will recommend a film to the other that has already come out, that probably been out at least a year in most cases. Um, often forty years. Often, <laughs> yeah. You know, what's the oldest film we've had on It's a Wonderful Life from like nineteen forty six or something like that, <laughs> whenever mm-hmm. that was made. Um, but we decided to jump on the zeitgeist and instead of me recommending a film to Sam or Sam recommending a film to me, we're just going to do like a first take straight up review of the Christopher Nolan film Tenant because me and Sam went to go see it on opening night. Oh, Hugh slipped back into Tenant pronunciation. What, what is it? It's that. Tenant. T- Tenet. Tenet. All right, Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Apparently Tenet. it's the most common vowel sound there is, the ut. I can't remember what it's called, but it's... Uh, Brilliant. Ten- I thought it was yeah, Tenant. There's no end. But there you go, Tenant. Yeah, there we go. So I've, we've, we've put that one to bed. Jesus. Yeah, so Tenant, Tenant, tenant. Uh, 2020. And, it, you know, it was it was difficult because we watched it in the cinema together. Yeah. Uh, we therefore, and we then went to the pub and Hugh stayed over at mine and we've somehow managed in the intervening two days to not really tell each other how we feel about it. Yeah, it's been... It's been hard, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when you're about five drinks deep and you, oh, you know, well, that was your favourite subject yeah. to talk about is films. <laughs> it's like, we've run out of films, let's talk about this. Um, yeah, and it's a very, very current film. So, Hugh, do you want to give us a... Yeah, well... A we'll, we'll By the way, another, another first is we're going to be specifically spoiler-free for a bit. And yeah. then we'll have a break at some point after which, and we'll we'll make that clear in the in the description below where yeah. you can see the spoiler spoilerific parts. 
Yeah, I think that's important that we give like a non-spoiler than spoiler review for those who maybe want to have a flavour of what we think but don't want to know the, yeah. the ins and outs of the plot. Because obviously it's a Christopher Nolan film. There's bound to be a few surprises along the way and strange things happening Absolutely. that you, you, know, you don't want to be aware of. So yes, yeah, so I'm going to give a quick plot synopsis or plot overview. Um, it's actually, relatively speaking, it's not overly complicated the premise might be somewhat complicated but the actual plot's not that complicated so it it opens up on a basically some terrorists um are trying to take over a opera house in kiev uh, just as the um, opera's about not well it's an opera house but it's a concert a classical music concert and they take over and basically our main character john david washington uh, who is known as the protagonist but nobody calls him that except for himself but he's he's never named he's part of a cia operation to try and I think they're there to they're there to uh, find some plutonium is my understanding yeah and oh is it to stop it being stolen uh, something like that I think maybe like <laughs> plutonium's there the, bad I think guys maybe want there's, it there's, there's, there's a, I think there's like a a general isn't there in the audience there's uh, somebody who's a, of a high ranking official and maybe he right. has it on him or something and they basically say do you need to come <laughs> with us if you don't I'm going to shoot you and take it anyway so but so that's very exciting, um, and by the end of that scene, what ends up happening is our our lead character he gets captured by some nefarious um, people somehow. Him and his colleague, and um, I think his colleague gets shot and falls to the ground. And there, it's on this, it's on a really tense bit, isn't it, where they're on like a train track and he's sat on a chair and there's these cargo trains going past and they've got a little clock to be like, we're going to leave you here and the train's going to come along and it's going to kill you. And um, basically what happens is his his teammate or whatever, his colleague, has one of those cyanide death capsules in his hand and he like drops it for um, John David Washington's character to like fall over on his chair, like he leans forward and he puts it in his mouth and you think, and then the terrorists think, oh he's dead, he's taking this cyanide capsule. Cut to, he's on a boat and there's some guy who from the CIA, presumably, who's just sat there going... Oh, and he kind of works out. He goes, "Oh, that wasn't a real, it wasn't a real uh, cyanide capsule. It was a uh, like a fake one that makes you look dead, basically, to whoever looks." And he's like, "Yes, test. this is it, yeah." And then they go, "We wanted to test your loyalty," and he's kind of like, "Loyalty to what?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you don't exist anymore now, so I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to send you on a secret mission, effectively." Um, and he says the word tenet to him, doesn't he? And tenant, tenant. He says tenant to him. It doesn't sound right when I say tenant. It should be no, no. Tenant. It's te nut. Tenant. Nut. Not nut, but uh. anyway. I'm sure tenet. we've heard this differently. Um. So he's on the boat, and he's like gets sent on his secret mission to find out about this. In what they call, they start calling inverted material. So he meets this scientist, and she shows him how. This material, it basically, it reverses entropy as the explanation. So instead of firing the bullet out of a gun, you catch the bullet back into the gun and everything reverses around them. So he basically goes... Yeah, so a specific item can be, you know, essentially programmed to be reverse entropy as opposed to, let's go in a time machine. Yeah, um, Yeah. which is fascinating and so basically the premise is that there's they don't know where the material's coming from they're saying there's like a cold war between the the present or the the past and the future and somebody in the past has invented this uh, sorry in the future has invented this material they're sending it back to the past where it's safe and through a series of events they find out that basically a russian um arms dealer played by uh, Kenneth Branagh so Kenneth um, Kenneth Branagh yeah is basically the one who like controls the supply of this material um, and is and, yeah, yeah. Cue lots of espionage and trying to track certain you know <clears throat> MacGuffins and this and that and meeting people and not trusting them etc yeah. etc so spoiler free what did you like about this film Sam well, as the recommender, should you not start with this? Um, uh, with well, like I said, it's not a re- it's a, not a regular review, is it? So it's a it's not a regular no, episode. So it's just what did you like? Or yeah, tell me what without like I said without spoilers. What did you like about this film? Well, I think 
it's got all the all the good things about a Nolan film. You know, he really is an unbelievable director visually. And, you know, so much is obviously written and talked about Nolan's commitment to physical effects over computer effects where possible. You know, the the famous story that came out, it must be a year ago that we all heard about it at least, was um, so they thought about crashing a plane and it just seemed cheaper and easier to actually crash a plane uh, than try to make some fake-looking CGI. I think it was miniatures, weren't they? Oh, miniatures, yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's just the price was cheaper. Yeah, they just bought a massive chuffing plane and and flew it into a, um, you know, drove it into a a big building. You know, and it's it's that commitment all the way through. It's very, like... um, I would say there's a lot of great stunts in this film, isn't there? It's a stunt-heavy film, but it's all... Yeah. It's like a series of almost vignettes of different sort of stunts for various different reasons. Like, you've got... Yeah, and it's a it's a truly international film. Yeah. It's a Bond, isn't it? I think you mentioned when we came out that he won't ever make a Bond. He's basically made a Bond film. Yeah, I think, I think the limits of the Bond franchise have maybe set him to say, well, I'll probably never make a Bond film myself, but I can do an espionage film and put a mm-hmm. di- and put a Christopher Nola twist on it, which is like time travel effectively. Um, yeah, and John David Washington, it's almost like a really good audition to be Bond. There's one bit where he, he gets into a fight with a bunch of people while he's wearing a, a wonderful suit and then just sort of dusts himself off in the most Bond way possible. He almost checks his cufflinks and, you know... I don't know, gets in his laser car <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very Bond-like. Did you... And, and you know, he, did he you enjoy all in the, the stunts? Um... Yeah, they were wonderful and, and it is just, it does make so much more impact when they're physical. You sort of don't realise when you're watching CGI how much better it would be if it was more believable. And uh, he apparently did a lot of his stunts. There was... I went to see Inception for the 10th anniversary um, the night before and there was a whole 10, 15, 20 minute kind of making of Tenet thing and I was like well I'm going to watch this tomorrow please don't show me more than I want to know and yeah he was just getting praised because he had to learn fight sequences back and forwards and he had to be very physical and he had to you know portray quite a lot and it, it was fun this, I think this is the first one I've seen him in and he's fantastic yeah I think it's interesting that we were saying like, oh they don't want to do like uh, they want to do as many sh- shots in camera but then a lot of the inverted time stuff where they're like doing backflips from a standing position that they would never be able to do in real life there clearly mm. had to be some sort of like CGI trickery <laughs> but it's so well done that yeah. you just don't you don't really it doesn't really bother you if that makes sense because you just it didn't really immersed. compute with me I thought oh well they're just playing it backwards but then yeah. you're sort of like but, but one of them is going forwards so yeah, yeah this is why some you know everybody working on them has had to learn it backwards and forwards uh, so it is an impressive feat. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I'm, a question I'm going to ask you, we're going to get into it probably more in spoilers, but did you hmm. understand the film as you were watching it? The th- well, one thing, I had five pints before, and I won't ever do that again before a Christopher <laughs> Nolan film. <laughs> so I was lost at certain bits, and I think yeah. that what what lost me was... It was never obvious in that scene, in the particular scene, what their actual goal was. Even if you understood the reverse entropy and you understood sort of, that's a bad guy, that's a good guy, he's looking ultimately for this. But, you know, there's certain sequences where they're in combat and I think, well, who are they fighting against and what are they there for? And Nolan loves exposition he's all his Inception was the same you know Inception is a complicated thing and the specific mechanics of um, you know entering dreams and Inception and all is quite complicated but they spend about 90% of the film explaining the, the complicated stuff and I feel like it could be done more more elegantly so this morning I watched Coco for the first time I don't know if you've seen Coco I haven't no is that the uh, Mexican dead boy film yeah, that's the one, and it's a and it, we will do it in a future episode because I thought it was I didn't realize it was going to be so good, and I was Bang. watching it with my daughter, just crying. <laughs> she was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and, I'm okay. Um, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. And there's actually the, the like Inception. There's a lot of complicated rules. Like yeah. somebody accidentally enters the world of the dead, and they've got to get back to the living, but also solve some problems. Um, and there's actually complicated rules about how they do that, but. But they managed to do that alongside elegantly dropping it in and different people say it, whereas Inception's a lot of just almost looking straight at the camera and saying the thing. Tenet had a lot of that 
and the sound mixing wasn't great in our cinema and I've heard that we're not, we're not alone in that no we're not are we apparently yeah I, that was I I struggled at times to keep up with what was happening I think for somebody who's filmmaking is a lot about exposition there was a there was a lack of exposition at times and yeah for a film that was essentially almost like a series of like heists it was it it they seemed put together a bit quickly i thought it was like the guy yeah. you know the guy who's driving the boat for um for cat at the end He's just a guy. You never get to any character development with him. <laughs> He's just like, I'll shoot this flare. And then that means it's the operation's done and you've got to come back or whatever. There was a lot of... Yeah. Like there was... I think character development isn't the best, I don't think. I, I mean, I, I really would like to see a Nolan film that he didn't write. Where oh, he has yeah. the idea for the story and the concepts, and he directs it and everything visual, and you know he's got his his team, but that somebody else is able to imbue some character, maybe some interesting female characters, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, and and yeah, something where it's just a little bit more elegant. Yeah, I think one criticism I would have of this film that I saw levelled at it was, um, especially for Cat's uh, character, is it Elizabeth? Debicki, I think she's called. Yeah. Uh, her her character was essentially the exact same character as what she played in the Night Watchman, because she's right. she's with this arms dealer, and you know he's basically controlling <laughs> her and stuff like this, and you know a lot. Of and the, her motivation always that she keeps saying is, "I just want to see my son." You yeah, know, it's a bit. Which well, it, there was nothing wrong with that. That's fair enough. That's a that's a valid reason for her actions. No, it's a fair motivation, but it's just there's there's not. I don't really know who that character is. Yeah. I think, but then I think the I think the performances from everybody in this is really good. I really liked Kenneth Branagh. Mm. He was really quite scary in it when he needed to be scary. Yeah, I, I, I'm he, a bit. He I had, a bit he hot had like Kenneth Branagh. He had like dad bod in the film, but then when he really <laughs> like let, when he really screamed and shouted at her at one stage, she basically pulls a gun on him, and he's like, "You're not going to kill me," and he's like for Russian accent and then he starts scre- I can't remember even what he says but he starts screaming yeah. at her and she's pretty well, terrified and, and he, and he can be a bit like ooh I'm I'm an actor acting as an actor you know he's, he's somebody I really respect and I love him in interviews and there's so many things that I do love him in but sometimes I feel like this artifice in this I just forgot it was him you know the accent was yeah. so good and it was the best I've seen him in in a long time yeah so really because this is a spoiler free review and we're going to go for a break now in a minute. Uh, uh, all in all, did you like this film? Yes. L- lukewarmly so, yes. I- I'm actually going to go watch it again tomorrow with subtitles on. <laughs> so I want to, uh, you know, now that I understand it, I, I want to see if I so, like it more. So you, and, and so you, you like, I mean, so you you know, liked you, it enough you, that you're going to go watch it again. That's a big yeah. plus. Yeah, what exactly. are you going to like? There's so much going Is for there a it. subtitle version at the cinema that you're going to? It's for the hard of hearing. Ah, fair enough, fair <laughs> but, enough. But, you know, if the sound mix is like it was this time, then we'll yeah. go from there. And, and you, Hugh, I mean, you know, yeah. you recommended it, but... I... Just, uh, well, I didn't recommend it. We, by we, default. We, we, were, but we, wanted, we both wanted it to see it. It just happened to be your week. <laughs> yeah, we both went to see it. It's just my week to host, isn't it? Uh, we both wanted to see it, so we got together to see it. Um, I loved it, Sam, to be honest. I thought it was really good, but mm. I, there was a part of me that I was... So you're off to see it again tomorrow... I'm going to wait until it comes out on DVD because I need to kind of get more into the the plot of the film. I think there's some difficulties in the plot and following the plot, but all the stunts are great. The you know, like you said, John David Washington, he's the he's almost in every scene. He's really good in it. Um, kind of Branner, uh, Robert Patterson. He's you know he's he's this cool you know like you're saying like it's like John David Washington like. Um, auditioning to be James Bond. Well, you could say Robert Pattinson as well. You know, you, it doesn't take yeah, much to take definitely. that character that he's playing in this, Neil, and turn him into James Bond. Cut his hair a bit and have him less salubrious, maybe. But. Can you imagine being, being being Robert Pattinson? And he goes, he goes out the, <laughs> Robert out the, out the <laughs> <laughs> He sort of goes to get a bit out of the limelight. Wants to stop doing the big money things for about seven years, and he just comes back and effortlessly becomes. Batman and then probably Bond. <laughs> it's just like, well, I was doing those indie flicks, but it'd be quite nice to get a bit more money and you know get some more money for my indie films. So I'll just be two of the biggest pop culture icons ever. I could definitely see him <laughs> playing like a, a more like 
laid back Bond, if that makes sense, like a different, mm. like a different take on it, where he's, uh, you know, he's a bit slighter and he's more dapper and yeah, he's maybe just, slightly more ironic or yeah, he's just got a different flavour Bond, isn't it? Rather than you know, potato in a suit, murder machine. <laughs> you know, I like Daniel Craig. I think he's great, but yeah, he's he's definitely he's wonderful. He has a very specific style that he's done with Bond and I, I'm, I'm you know he's been doing it now for 15 years I'd like to see somebody else have a crack at it yeah reinvention yeah. anyway funny. Sam we're going to have a break on the other side of the break we're going to have a spoilerific discussion about Tenet <laughs> Welcome back to our Please Watch This Spoiler Now review of Tenet. So, Sam. Spoilers. I don't know what sort of questions to ask you, but yeah, so you said you liked this film. You have to see it again. What What about, I said in my non-spoiler review of it, that as much as I loved the film and enjoyed it and enjoyed the cast and crew, I was very, I'll be honest, I was lost with the plot for like, 50% of this movie. I mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what was happening half the time. And I think that's my only real my only real like negative is that like I said for a film that's so or a filmmaker that's so good at exposition and not treating their audience stupid but allowing them to follow just enough to be able to understand what's happening. I didn't really understand what was happening in this film to the point of. Well, it was nice. It, it was nice to know that Christopher Nolan listens to our podcast, because in our primer episode we said that Christopher Nolan, it, it, it's actually too easy to understand his films relative to primer. So he must have listened to that and thought, right, well, screw those guys. I'm going to make them watch his film twice. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that's what happened, but um, yeah, like at the very end of the film when they go on, they have this big battle sequence where they're going to this like bunker in that city in that secret Mos- uh, Soviet city I'm just not sure who they're fighting I haven't the fucking yeah. clue yeah Aaron Taylor Johnson's like right well this is our our strategy I'm thinking right what who I as it turns out they're trying to get the fit the fit not fail safe the um, doomsday device uh, that's connected to to uh, you know K Branagh um, but yeah no I'd, I don't know if I was just missed a bit of dialogue that was clear like maybe when I watch it tomorrow I'll be like how did I miss that that was so obvious yeah they start talking about um, algorithms all of a sudden and I'm like have I missed yeah. something and I'm not entirely yeah, because sure because it turns out it's not plutonium but it's the algorithm and there's nine parts and it's this yeah, and this that and... and you see bits and pieces of it and then at the end the three of them Neil um, the protagonist and Aaron Taylor Johnson's character they have it in three separate bits and for some reason the guy the because he's like a military guy he's like oh um, yeah we should all kill ourselves or kill one another I'm like <laughs> what why and then he's like yeah oh yeah, well yeah. maybe we should just go our separate ways and never see one another and then you're like and he's like oh you better hope I don't see you again or, and he's like well as long well, as you're well, not I looking and he's of... like well I will be and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> that was a case of like did you get was that? that to kind of keep the secret I that's think. what I thought because it was so important there so is... they didn't start World War 3 so yeah so I think this is very much as much as we say oh it's a Bond film it's also I would argue um, Christopher Nolan's like musings on the nature of like nuclear proliferation and war and mm. you know there's things that can do such horrific damage in the world you know how how would you deal with if you had invented the atomic bomb? Like they say in this, that the person who invented it was like their version of Oppenheimer. But instead of like being somebody who went along with the allies and helped develop or the Americans and helped develop the atomic bomb. Instead, they committed suicide (laughs) to prevent knowledge of it coming to light, but it still came to light anyway. And, um, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I did quite like that that comparison actually with Oppenheimer. That was quite good, generally. Yeah, um, you know, he was very. Was the idea that he was very guilt ridden? So why wasn't would he? it kill everyone? So if if you know if Branner dies, it, it then the whole planet reverse entropies. Is it because yeah. the, this you you can't breathe? You've got to have an oxygen mask. But then Debicki like doesn't have an oxygen mask. 
when when she goes back. Yeah, but she goes through that machine that sends them through, doesn't she, to the into inverse? But they all did, and that, and then after that, they had to wear an oxygen mask. After that, but no, she's got oxygen but not all the time. They, but let's say when she's on the boat with at the end. Renard. So oh, she's going forward again then. Yeah, she's been put um, back forward, hasn't she? What am I thinking of? But I'll, I'll need to watch. Well, I'll watch it again tomorrow, yeah. and, and maybe, maybe listeners, if you noticed any little um, there inconsistencies, inconsistencies. I imagine there is. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of the the specific things that I really didn't care for, and I tried not to, I didn't take any notes during the film, so I had to come up with a, a mnemonic to remember the the letters of the things. <laughs> Was Aaron Taylor Johnson doing a Jason Statham accent? And if so, for what percentage of his time on screen did he keep to that? He sometimes sounded like Jason Statham, and he sometimes was just a generic American. I'll, I'll be honest; English. like I didn't even realize it was him until afterwards. Until I read, I went on IMDb. <laughs> so to me, he was fine. I didn't. He. I was like, why is this guy suddenly important? <laughs> but you know, if, I, if I'd known it was him, I'd be like, oh, well, that makes sense because that's somebody famous. Um, but I genuinely don't know what he was doing with his accent. It was a. I don't, it, it was a sort of thing. If it was a fully American production I think oh well there was just no no legitimately English people there to understand that it wasn't a consistent accent yeah they're English yeah (laughs) I'll be frank with you Sam I didn't notice it because yeah yeah, I wasn't at that point I wasn't really like that guy's accent's a bit weird (laughs) I tell you speaking of yeah I mean speaking of accents I'll tell you who did a really good English accent was uh, Elizabeth Debicki hers was yeah amazing yeah she was, she was, yeah, I mean, genuinely su- surprising that she's not from Cambridgeshire and lives that sort of, like, she's sort of got that elegant, she's Australian. you know, very tall, very thin, sort of, her kid's at a private school and she shops at Waitrose, kind of, mm. kind of elegant lady, but yeah, no, she, that's a really impressive accent, flawless, I think. Yeah, and she's, uh, as I said, she's Australian, so her accent's nothing yeah. <laughs> like what it but is. But she's straight out of a Richard Curtis film, you know? Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. yeah, she was actually fantastic. She sort of acted with her with her body as well like the physicality of, of capturing that that character I don't, I don't know how to put it but she is, she was, she's yeah, quite she was, she was brilliant she's elegant but she's a bit gangly so i think she has quite a lot of physical mm. her physicality plays into her uh, into her actions doesn't it? into her acting i think yeah um, yeah absolutely she's quite she's clearly quite t- she's clearly taller than david washington <laughs> john david washington yeah as i mentioned and, the posters just didn't allow her to stand up <laughs> yeah i noticed that that was quite funny um Yes. So, <laughs> the, so the mix was another problem we've mentioned. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if it's still a problem next it? time. Yeah. I literally I found it easier to to understand Bane in Dark Knight Rises, but I watched that <laughs> yeah. in IMAX, and I only watched this in a regular cinema. And, and obviously, he films for IMAX. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's clear. Mix for IMAX. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, well, did so? There was. I think the best. I think the best part of the film, in terms of. You know, this being a Nolan film was you get to so they basically they're trying to steal um, a fake painting from a, a port basically in these in this like secure facility at a, a port in is it Tallinn or Oslo Oslo isn't it Yes uh, yeah it is and <laughs> um, to basically because what happens is um, Kenneth Branagh's character that's his leverage that he has over uh, cat's cat, cat over cat. He's like, you basically made me buy this expensive fake painting. So the idea mm-hmm. was they were to go into the vault and to steal it back so she, or to destroy it, so he couldn't use that as leverage over her anymore. Um, yes. Because apparently that's a thing. And... I mean, was the leverage of "I have your son" or "our son" is that not enough? <laughs> it's got to be some weird painting. Well, I think was it. I think it's I mean, because he's going to try and get her it, arrested and put in prison so that could she have wouldn't been. see her son. I think, I think as well, her her job was somebody who, um, she was. I don't know what the name of the job title is, but she's somebody who inspects. Um, inspects artworks isn't she she's somebody who like right. um, verifies their authenticity and maybe she knowingly sold it to him to 
to, to for some reason. It's not again. This is the problem with the film. There's bits like this that aren't well, very she well did explained. It, she did explain that to the protagonist, I think, and it was something to do with um somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I, I think since we're so clueless on specifics, we'll, we won't not worry too much about plot mechanics. I think the final thing. I don't know how you felt about the score. The score was good. Obviously, it was a non not a Hans Zimmer film. Uh, film. It was Lud- Ludwig Göransson, who's you know worked in your favorite TV show, Community, and uh, yes. he was involved in writing Redburn, the Charles Gambino song, and he scored Get Out. He's really making a name for himself, and to to score, you know, a Christopher Nolan film and not be Hans Zimmer, it takes some. Yeah. Steel I mean, I did notice it in terms of its impact on the film, and I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, quite did you find that at times it sounded like the score to a trailer, and that it was almost intrusive into scenes? Like you know, trailers sound exactly the same now. Um, it, there were some scenes where I thought this isn't this isn't kind of an underlay adding to. It felt like it was over, overbearing. Um, no, I've I've no. I'll be honest, Sam. I've no real criticisms of it. I mean, if that's something, maybe now when I go back and watch it a second time, I might listen out for that. But I did have a think. I did think to myself at one point, like, oh. Um, you know, this isn't Hans Zimmer. And then I was like, oh, but it sounds good. It sounds, it's, yeah. it's not like trying to be Hans Zimmer, but at the same time, it was bombastic enough to be a Christopher Nolan action film. Yeah, I thought it was Yeah, good. it wasn't a complete departure from Hans Zimmer. It was clearly like, this is the sort of music that works with a Christopher Nolan film. So let's keep in that sort of wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that you didn't notice it suggests that it wasn't intrusive for you, which is great. I think when I watch it tomorrow, I'll... I'll I'll try not to think about it and see if it still affects. But yeah, I definitely noticed it once or twice. I think I was... did think it was Hans Zimmer yeah. for a long time, though, for about half a film. Right. And then I was like, oh, no, it's I not I mean, that's Hans as good Zimmer. a compliment as you can get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially because, you know, Nolan's going to want something that sounds like that. I think, I don't think there yeah, would, precisely. I think there would have been an unwritten understanding or a, you know, an unsaid understanding between him and his music collaborator. He wouldn't have said, make it sound like Hans Zimmer, but he would have also been... He, he would have expected a certain style, I think. I think yeah, uh, and that just matches the brief. Yeah, what do you think? So, like, in terms of, like we said, spoilers, what did you think then to... I was saying about them going to... They were in Oslo for a specific reason. And, they, you know, the, that great scene where they crash the plane into the, uh, into the free port, as it's called, and then um, <laughs> they, they go in to try and... They go into the free port, they find the machine that reverses time... And they see all like these remnants of like a fight, and like you can see something's about to happen. And then all of a sudden, as he's about to walk through the machine, somebody comes out and they start fighting. And like Neil mm. is on like the other side of that because there's like a what like a, a glass wall between them. And Neil's on the other side, and basically you see John David Washington fighting with this guy. You can't see his face; he's dressed all in black, like. Um, uh, sort of army gear, uh, like a stealthy kind of look to him, um, and then they get to like the the end of the fight, and he's like the like the guy's fighting inverted in time, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he gets like pulled out of the like loading bay they're in under a metal yeah. shutter, and he's gone. And then it's only later on in the film yeah. that you find out that it's actually and this is a real spoiler. Yeah, that it's actually him. So he's fighting himself, and yeah. that was so good. That bit, I'm so like you it know, was so well made. You know that you know how it's going to end, but then they leave a little like a little uh, tangent of doubt in your mind the first time round because Neil's chasing after the other guy who comes out, but then he he looks at him. And then he runs because they like basically do this great thing where they have like an L-shaped corridor, and the camera's facing. They've like the the person Neil's chasing after has gone round the corner of this right-handed L-shaped corridor. The camera looks at Neil. Neil looks down at the floor because the guy's fallen over, throws him something or kicks something at him. I can't remember if he throws or kicks it. And then he comes back to find um, the protagonist, and he's like, "Oh, I took care of him." And then you find out later on mm-hmm. that that was. John David Washington's character who he's and because John David Washington recruited Neil in the future before after this film's all set that he re, he knows more than he's letting on to John David Washington's past yeah. self to then be like oh you're here <laughs> oh you must be a reason here I'll help you and then yeah. oh no I've gone cross-eyed yeah I um, really yeah, like that it's 
I this is the thing with with twists. I've said this before. I I I just allow myself to be stupidly taken by a film, and I've we've all seen enough time manipulation things to know that if a character appears early in a film and you don't see their face, yeah, it's probably one of the main protagonists or one of the main characters later. Um, I, I I'm struggling for specific examples, but that feels like a trope I've seen ten times in what, TV something and film. like like you mean like the Winter Soldier? Like you don't see his face properly until it's relevant. Well, that, oh. but but especially when there's a time when there's a time travel right. element in there, you, okay. you know that it's gonna be. Let's say Interstellar, perhaps you you kind of already know that that's what that's gonna be. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's a specific trope that I definitely have seen many times. But right now, I'm struggling. Even though that's obvious on reflection, I definitely didn't see it coming at the time, yeah. and I did think it was a nice reveal. And I and I quite like I quite like time machine time travel type things where there is this coda where it's like filling in all the gaps filling in all I've the, just thought, all the blanks so another spoiler so do you think that uh, the protagonist tells Neil that he's going to die like does he tell future Neil that he's going to die in the past or whatever um, because because he know. is so laid back you start wondering, like... Because, like, obviously when he bumps into future John David Washington in the corridor and just throws him his mask or whatever, he doesn't... Um, he, they don't talk to one another. They don't say anything. They don't... He, he, you know, the protagonist doesn't say, you know why I'm here. He's just he's just at that point where you know that you work for me and all that. And therefore, you know, what I'm doing here, because I've already told you or something, because... Because there's a lot of the plot is um, the protagonist is like always asking Neil who recruit who recruited him and and what are you doing here and what do you know and Neil's always not telling him things and he's not letting him on. So I think mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Neil maybe knew his fate. So he knew that things were going to be okay until a point, but he knew that he was instrumental in saving the day and he was quite he was quite laconic and happy or he was at peace with his decision that he made because he knew it was the right it was one that would ultimately save the world and he would he would at least get to live with that knowledge maybe yeah it would give you a sense of calm i suppose in a yeah. in a sense to know to know when it's going to happen and it's for a noble reason um yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. It's it's a it's. I mean, this this film does ask a lot of questions. I think ultimately. And um, did you have a specific favourite scene? Then was that a big part of it? The the L shaped corridor and the. I think the reversed fight, etc. Yeah, I think, I think that is my favourite scene. The second time they fight, but you know it's. Yeah, I do like I do like the bit on the boat. With um, with Kat and is it Anatoly? I think he's called. What's um, Itor or something? I can't remember. But yeah, Kenneth Branagh's character. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, that is a really good scene because that was one of the few where I knew exactly. No, sorry, what... Andre. He's called Andre. That's right. I knew yes, exactly in that too. scene what was what both characters needed and were going to do. You know, I know that he. We can't have him die, but she wants to kill him, but she has to wait until they've done it and then the tension of well she's done it too early yeah that is a very good scene yeah I quite I quite like that but the, the fight stuff I, I must admit I, they, they, they have so many great stunts in this film that the film just it moves at a pace like it never felt overly long this film it never felt like they were just doing stuff for the sake of it like it's it's quite brisk um and also, I really, really liked the uh, scene at the beginning in the opera house, like the tension there, where they're like the the special forces are like shooting at the terrorists, and the sh- terrorists are shooting at them. But they're like, it, there's all the people asleep because the, um, the the special forces have like gassed them to try and knock them out, and all the bullets flying around, all these sleeping bodies. It's just oh, it's so tense. Yeah. And I was trying to it's see so if it's so tense any- because even the good guys are like hiding behind the chairs of sleeping students you know that's a yeah real tense yeah um yeah it's really and you like i was looking to see if like anyone got shot who was like asleep but they kept hitting the upholstery a lot i noticed yeah, um, yeah i don't a think bit of a cop out yeah so i really you do see people get shot obviously but um it tends to be either like special forces or uh or like the terrorists so what about you what was what your guys, what was yeah. your favorite scene 
the one that got the biggest uh, reaction from me, I think, was only a small scene, but where John David Washington, the protagonist, he's uh, he's been taken into the back during the restaurant scene um, to be probably killed, but he ends up battering them all. And then just a little like, just a little readjustment of his of his immaculate suit, his little Bond audition uh, passed. I do think that was my favourite scene of them all. Um, the 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 car scenes are also really great. That you know really demonstrates a lot of a lot of. Um, Money and effort and time and expertise that's put into it. Yeah. Favorite quote, favorite line. What would you? Uh... Oh, um, I do have one, but I can't remember it. Annoyingly. Yeah, there were a few that we laughed at, but not many of them are available on IMDb quotes. Yeah, I was really, I, was... I didn't want to make a note of them. Tried to remember them for three days, and then uh, yeah, they they're just not not in the quotes. Yeah, I think. Um... It was the. So I'll, I'll try and get the flavour of it. It was the. It was the bit when he, him and Neil, go and get into the house or the flat, or the apartment of the the arms dealer, the Indian arms dealer, and mm-hmm. he's he's got the gun to the man's head, and basically the protagonist says, "I'm not the man you negotiate with. I'm not the man you make deals with. I'm not the man who you, who you." what is it I'm not the man you negotiate with I'm not the man who you make deals with I'm the man you talk to or something like that I think it was right can you remember the bit that's quite good no it, I, I, I mean that vaguely but I can't I can't improve on the line yeah on the accuracy of it so this is definitely the issue with, uh, with uh, having a new you, release that's only in cinemas yeah I thought it was going to be on IMDB to be fair but perhaps you could um, yeah. perhaps you could have a look tomorrow night when you go back and Make a note of yeah, it that's me. what I'm hoping. Because I know that the protagonist had a couple of good zingers, but I just don't remember the word for words. What I really liked from a funny point of view was when um, Fleur Delacour, the actress, um, was that who she was? I was wondering where I'd yeah, seen her. She's a scientist, and she said, and she's explaining the you know inverted entropy and all that um, to the protagonist, and she says, uh, "Don't think about it too much." And it just reminded me of Basil Exposition, so <laughs> looking at the camera and and. And try to try not to think about it too much yourself. Just have a good time <laughs> to the audience. You know. Just just feel it. Just have a good time. That goes um, for you too. But, you know, th- try and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There was, like I said, there were some good singers, and it was there were some bits that were well well written. But I, I really would like to see him the um, work with another. The line I like is that um, I, re- I really like the bit when he goes to the the meal with. Um, Kenneth Branagh and Kenneth Branagh going we will slit your throat but we will not make a slit across the throat we will make a hole in the throat and then we will cut off your balls he's like we will cut off your balls and shove them in your throat it's a very unique way to watch a man die trying to pull his own balls out of his throat and that was just like <laughs> that was dark <laughs> you know for like a 12A yeah, that was, in, in was that same unexpected. conversation he says he says how would you like to die this was in the trailer how would you like to die old you've yeah. chosen the wrong profession and I think that's he did have some great lines there. yeah and I also like later on when he gets caught like spying on him effectively and he's like what you're not going to stuff my balls in my throat and he's like we do not have time for such things <laughs> he's real yeah. deadpan like yeah not now <laughs> we don't because you believe that that guy has done that he's cold-blooded Roman, Roman Abramovich level of uh, psychopathy I think. more to the point that you were saying Fleur Delacroix. She's um, <clears throat> she does a really good English accent. She's she's French, isn't she? She's not even not even anywhere close to being English. So, yeah, there's no <laughs> yeah, she's a wonderful actress. She she should be in more things. She was in she was brilliant in In Bruges. I thought uh, she was the woman uh, from yeah, Peaky Blinders. I can't remember who was in. Uh, yeah, the Mummy. Yeah, with Tom Cruise in. She would. That was. Just an awful film but that's not her so um, yeah <laughs> let's not tell with the so, same brush we don't have any critics this week Sam for this film it's more we were the critics this week yeah I feel like we've um, we've gone it so because this is Tenet or Tenant or however you fucking say Tenet. it uh, Tenet it doesn't sound right when you say Tenet Tenet say, but oh, anyway right, Tenet anyway so um, instead of it being uh, what's your rating out of 10 where 10 is the top rating and 1 the bottom rating because it's about <laughs> flipping things oh, around oh dear so out of out of 10 where 10 out is of one. like yeah is a low score and 1 being the highest score what would you give it <laughs> um, 
a three, I think, three point two point five, somewhere between Ooh, a three that's and a two point five. That's, I mean, that's low. <laughs> in, in a in a, so in a traditional in a traditional scale, probably about a seven seven point five because, I, I but but with the potential for it to rise when I watch it again. Right. Yeah. I think for me personally, I think the comparisons with Inception are definitely valid because it's a high concept sort of action film. And for me, it was great to see Christopher Nolan going back to his his kind of what he's good at, which is really amazing kind of like action heist sort of high yeah. concept adventures. Original um, work. Yeah, like I, like I like... Like, don't get me wrong, I like Dunkirk and I like Interstellar. Um, they're very cinematic films, but compared to like Inception and this, I don't think they're as good. So I think really the, the comparison comes down to which is better, um, Inception or Tenet? Tenet. Is it Tenet or is it Inception? And I think at the moment, I would say Inception's probably a lot, it's still a lot better. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think Inception's significantly better. It's, I think yeah. he, he's he's always had big, not necessarily plot holes, but logic holes that he must know uh, the case that he just hides anyway and just just like you know like Dark Knight Rises they they like go into the stock market, hold it up, ruin it, and then somehow um, uh, Bruce Wayne is ruined, and it's like well. There's, that couldn't happen. There's insurance, and like he's clearly not lost money on the stock market. But you just hide it, and you just you just you're supposed to just go, oh whatever, and allow it. And, yeah. And Tenet must yeah. have its own things like that. Uh, you know what I think about Inception and its uh, logic flaws, but I still think Inception is a like a nine out of ten film with those. Yeah, flaws. I think when it comes to Christopher Nolan films, I think it comes down to it's basically Inception and The Dark Knight are probably neck and neck together. Yeah. I think that just goes down to your flavour of like crime sort of films, what do you yeah. like and things like that. And then I think Tenant and The Prestige are kind of with each other. And then I think you've got like Dunkirk and Interstellar. I'm probably yeah. I'm probably in agreement with you there. Yeah. I think Interstellar's the one I least like of the last 10 years. Um it just doesn't really. It just does. It just feels a bit sort of. I don't know. There's a lot of exposition and people having conversations they wouldn't have, and it's all a. Yeah, it's. It's. I just. I just don't have an inclination to watch it again. To be honest, I must admit I did think there was going to be like secret sort of. I was kind of almost waiting for the Matt Damon moment in this film again. <laughs> you know, where somebody famous turns up, that's like changes the way the film. The plot was, but and yeah, I'm grateful it didn't. On Mars. Yeah, I'm grateful that didn't happen again in this film. But yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So all in all, I think my rating actually because I didn't give it. Yeah, I would say a three. Yeah. Slash yeah, seven. It's a solid. Th- yeah. Slash seven. Yeah. It's a solid. It is a solid film. It's definitely worth a watch at the cinema. I'm glad I saw it at the cinema. Yeah. Definitely worth. It's not one to pirate on a laptop screen, is it? It's. Uh, it's really no, good for it's the not. cinema. Um, especially that beginning scene in the uh, in the opera house and the yeah. plane crash and the, even the bit when he's on the on the motorway on top of the uh, on top of the uh, fire engine, all that stuff. It's just great work, yeah. Anyway, so Sam, mm. um, so that was our review of Tenet, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Um, I've got I've got a, I've got a recommendation on the pronunciation. Tr- don't pronounce the last T. Pretend that Tenet. you're, you know, like, like <laughs> French. <Tenet. laughs> no, like, um, but like, if you say oui, oui. tattoo, can we do this? Or, can we do this off air? <laughs> water. Tenet. Anyway, anyway, right. Tenet. Let's do that off air. I just sound like a moron. Tenet. Yeah. So did so. Yeah, that was Tenet. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we're gonna do another film for next week, aren't we, Sam? We are, we are. We are going to do the nineteen ninety four cult classic, Clerks One. Hugh, what do you know about Clerks? Um, I know that it's Kevin Smith's first film. It was shot in black and white because he did it on like a shoestring. Um, beyond, it's the I think it's like the first film Jay and Silent Bob are in. That's right. Um, but beyond that, I, I I'm aware of it and I've seen odd snippets. Like I know there's some debate in it about which is the best Star Wars film I think at, at one point um, so yeah so I know bits and pieces but nothing concrete 
I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Still looking forward to, yeah. And, and you've, you've said to me that you feel like you're sort of stuck at 15 years old, and I think you'll like the film as a result. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll really work. Fair enough. So, Hugh, if, if you so want to... Sorry, go on. Well, they've got... Well, your, Joe, Joe, your brother, Joe Blakely's coming on to... He's going to join us. With us, isn't he? Yeah, it's uh, uh, one of his favourites. Indie 90s wheelhouse that he's... Absolutely. <laughs> he's introduced these amazingly cool films from the 90s to me. Definitely. So, yeah... So, Hugh, if they want to get in touch with us and uh, ask us about... Well, actually, before before we do that, I should actually give some shout-outs already. Social media for Tenet. I won't spend long on this, but um, well, that- we started a new social media page very recently. Uh, in fact, an Instagram page. How yes. you know, fellow kids and all that. Um, and I put, <laughs> I put it out there. I said, you know, what did you think of it? And the wonderful In the Isles podcast. On Instagram, yeah, on the internet. Okay, what did the the internet bring back? So uh, In the Isles podcast, good lads, they, or lasses, we'll find out, Um, they said that some films take you on a journey, Tenet has you clinging on for your life. Whether that's good or bad, I've not decided. Mm, there and you our, go. our good friend um, Dakota from Contrapod, he said, Contrazoompod, sorry, he said, I just hope he gets an audience. This Nolan guy is a talent to keep your eye out for. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, it, that's it, isn't it? Every time you see a Nolan film, you want to know what he's doing next. <laughs> I, I still feel, like, t- like, I think it's been very much the age of Nolan for the, like, the last 12, 13 years. And, I st- and I'm still quite happy to be in it, quite yeah, frankly. He's developed a good following. You know, because whatever he comes out with next is going to be some madcap idea or he's going to do, you know, he's going to take on some sort of crazy project that you wouldn't think he would do. Like, who <laughs> thought he would do something like... At cinema. Like, who thought he would do something like Dunkirk? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's right out of the blue, after all the sci-fi uh, yeah, high concept. Yeah. So, Hugh, if they want to get in touch with us and maybe uh, tell us how to figure out Tenet or what they think of Clerks or what films we should do next, what could they do to do that? Right, Sam. What they need to do is they need to invent. Uh, re- they need to figure out how to break a fundamental law of um, thermodynamics by reversing <laughs> entropy. Right, and done. with uh, yeah, with that, they then need to f- somehow get into like a machine that lets them reverse through time, and then they need to write a reverse email to us or an inverted email to us, and um, yeah, we'll read it and see if it's any good. Super. Now, what you need to do back. in the edit. What you need to do in the edit is cut that bit and flip it and play that backwards. And, you know, <laughs> if they've gone through that, they'll hear that and they'll be able to email us. Yeah, if they can listen to our podcast backwards. But, uh, yeah, if they want to get in touch with us, Sam, I think you mentioned mentioned Instagram. Yeah. How, can, how else can they get in touch with us? Yeah, so we've got Instagram and Twitter on both of those platforms. We are at Please Watch Pod. So we look forward to... Oh, yeah, I didn't actually mention those. the email. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's at pleasewatchthis.pod uh, at gmail.com. It was bound to happen one of these weeks. All right, Hugh, it only remains to say <laughs> that we love the audience. I love the audience. Yeah, and, he's, um, you're obsessed with them. Practically a stalker. Keep my hands off them. Yeah, I'm ambivalent right. at best, as we as we know. But yeah, um, Thanks, we'll see you for clerks next time out. See you for clerks. Bye! Bye.